Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum Autumn 2021 podcast series. Uh, over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. This is episode 35 featuring Bernie Dewan, who is talking to me about uh, the uh, Broadcasting Authority of Ireland's Sound and Vision Fund. Uh, Bernie, uh, just to let everyone know who you are, you are a freelance journalist, and you can talk a bit more about that. But recently, we had the uh, most recent, I think it was round 42 of the Sound and Vision Fund. Is that correct? There were... So it was actually round. It was actually round forty. I beg your pardon. Round forty, you were in. Yes, and in round forty, I just was checked the uh, statistics earlier. There were one hundred and eighteen applications, uh, of which forty radio and twenty-six TV uh, projects uh, received funding, and two of those radio funds, uh, two of those radio projects, are yours. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to talk to you was uh, we mentioned the, the Sound and Vision Fund uh, fairly regularly here. National BAI do help support this uh, the uh, Freelance Forum project. Uh, as someone who has obviously cracked the code, as it were, could you talk about uh, your process, what advice you give other people who are interested in pursuing the fund and uh, getting funding from it, the things they should look out for, the things they should make sure to hit on their applications? Yeah. Okay. So actually, can I just also say I'm in the middle of making an eight-part series from an earlier Sound and Vision funding I got. Um, I think it was around, I don't know, 38 or 37 or something. So I'm in, I'm in the throes of doing that at the moment, which is very hard during lockdown, but we're getting there slowly. Um, now, I'm going to concentrate on making radio shows or radio series um, in the community radio space. So the first thing I would do is I would advise anyone who's interested in... in um, putting forward an application to the BAI Sound and Vision, the very first thing you need to do after you hear me is go onto the BAI website and register yourself. And once you're registered, then, you know, get that step done because you can't do anything with them until you're registered. So if you do nothing else, at least do that, okay? And then what you can do is kind of, you know, look in every so often and educate yourself and slowly get your head around all the documentation and everything because there's quite a lot of it now the next thing i would say is if if possible i know there are a lot of community radio stations around dublin and all over the country and an awful lot of them I, well i certainly the one i'm involved with is near fm in in coolock near fm 90.3 coolock um they have training sessions and if you so you can actually become a volunteer broadcaster, you know, you go along, you sign up, you do your training, you sit in with other um, broadcasters doing their shows and, and you shadow them and you watch them. And once once you do that with any community station that does this, they then take um, they'll take ideas from you if you want to actually do a program or a series yourself. So that's how I got started. I got started by doing the volunteer training in Near FM uh, and doing everything that came with that. They then 
accepted an, an idea from me to do a 26 part history series called the A to Z of historical blunders. So that was, you were a guest on one of those, Jared. you were Vikings and Normans, I seem to remember. You had a lot of strong views on, on, on those Normans. Um, anyway, uh, so that's how I really got my experience. And then you see, once, once there, the community station then sees that you're, you're, you want to get involved, um, if you do then make, they'll support you then if you want to make an application to the BAI. Because the thing is, the other thing you need that's most important when you're making an application for a sound and vision, you need to have a broadcaster who is willing, who says they will, you know, um, broadcast your, your, your show or your program. If you don't have that, there's no point in applying. They won't accept your application. So anyone who's a volunteer automatically has a ready-made broadcaster there for them. And at least, you know, if you're starting out, it saves you the trouble maybe then of having to go maybe to the bigger stations like RTE and News Talk, you know, and trying to get their ear and get them to listen to you. So you can build up your experience um, in the community radio sector. That, that's what I'd say anyway. So, um, Making your application, it's like the first time I did it for, for my current series that I'm doing now, I felt like I was Turkey applying to for EU membership. That's what I felt like because it was so complicated and I just was overwhelmed by the whole thing. So again, that's it's good then to have to be a volunteer or to have some association then with, with, with a community radio station because they do quite a lot of applications and while they're not going to do it for you they certainly don't they're too busy they will certainly look over things for you or give you advice especially in relation to things like budgeting you know you're doing a budget for the first time and you, and you really haven't a clue so at least they can say to you ah now here you're looking for too much you know that's too dear or you know, that's too cheap. You're, you know, bring it up or bring it down or make it realistic because sometimes you don't even realise, um, you know, what different roles are worth. Um, so that's that's important. Now, when you're when you're making your application, um, lots of times people don't get it the first time. You may not even get it the second time, but that's OK, because the the. The, the call-outs come every four or five months. But most important is you get very valuable advice from the heads in the BAI who, who are judging or marking your application because they're all working in the media landscape and the broadcasting landscape. So really, it doesn't pay you anything to, to put in an application. And you're, you're actually getting free feedback and free advice as well. So it's not actually the worst thing in the world if you get a refusal, because if you look at the feedback they give you, and if you incorporate that into your next application, um, you have a much better chance. So, and it's not, you don't have the same amount of work then second time around, because you've all the, the donkey work done, you add in what they want, you do have to actually tweak things and rethink things, but it's a more refined thing you're doing, you're more focused in, uh, on the actual requirements so um it's well worth you know you might you know cry for a day or two or whatever get you know um drink a bottle of wine that night and, uh, if you're rejected but then when you think about it the next day or two and you go back over the feedback you'll see they have a lot of good things to say and you just get your act together and you put into 
operation, the, the advice they give. So um, don't, you know, don't feel dejected <laughs> if you're refused, you know, just have a look at the advice and take it on board. And then what someone advised me to do then, if you, you, you know, if you, if you are rejected first time round in one of your applications, you take their advice on board. But what you do in your second application is you put it in. The first thing you do is you tell them, you know, that you took on board their advice and you tell them how you took it on board, you know, so that they'll take you more seriously, you know. So that's um, that's a useful thing. Now you're going to have to ask me another question because <laughs> I can't remember where I'm going now. This is for, um, oh yeah, I do. I have another piece of advice. If you're totally immersed in your subject and it's a very important part of your life and you really you know, love it. Sometimes that can be a disadvantage when you're making an application because you're thinking like a historian or you're thinking like a scientist or whatever, and you're not thinking of the listener, right? So that's a mistake. Now, so so my, in my first application for um, the, dust, the growing up between the dust jackets, that's the one I'm working on at the moment that was accepted first time round. I think that was accepted first time round because each episode had a lot of community involvement. Each of the eight episodes has a, a different group from some part of the community and their experiences are linking in with the coming of age novels that we're looking at. So that I got that first time round. But with my the two I have now, the two most recent ones I got that you mentioned earlier, one is about the history of food, what we were eating in 1000, in 1500 and now. And the other one is about the educational landscape in Ireland using the hedge school as a kind of, a, of an anchor or a starting point. So um, because I, I'm a history teacher, I felt like I was given the world a history lesson. And so it, I wasn't thinking enough about the listener. So my first application was was too almost, I won't say academic, but it was it was too heavy, I suppose. So um, but the, the advice they gave me was, you know, to, to think more about the listener you know, and to bring in, I had brought in some aspects and, and a variety of aspects and elements, but not enough. So they encouraged me then to look at the, at the wider community and to see how I could bring people in to take part and have roles in, in the shows. So when I did, all, when I incorporated those, I, I got it, you know, but so that's important. So what, you're, you're, you're really into your subject and you're desperate to get all the information out there and you want other people to be enthusiastic about it as well. You want to educate them about it, but you're not in the classroom. You're not in the lecture theatre, right? You're, people are sitting in their kitchen listening to it and you want them to last the, the, the 45 minutes or the hour. You know, you don't want them saying, oh, I'm, you know, switching off, switching on, you know, 98 FM or whatever. No, no insults to them um, after 10 minutes, right? So, um, yeah, that's an, another piece of advice I would give. So that's all to do with making your application then. Yeah, I suppose uh, just to drill down a little bit into the details, um, 
One of the things you mentioned just there as you were finishing up was uh, about, you just mentioned offhand uh, your 45 minutes or your hour. Is that a required length? It just have to be a 45-minute or a 60-minute long piece? or No, it doesn't. It's entirely up to you. Now, um, the one I'm working on at the moment, each episode is one hour in length. Um, so And that's fine. That got through. The second one, the, the, the two I got now more recently, the eight-part series about the educational landscape, that's, they're actually 45 minutes in length. I shortened them. And the food one is, um, they're three, that's a three-part series. There's a lot of elements in the food one, a lot of community involvement. So they're an hour in length. So it depends. It depends on what you're you're doing. Um, I suppose one, one group of people would say to you, less is more. Less is more. But if if you make your hour or your 45 minutes too crowded, it can get too confusing for the listener as well, you know? So it depends on what you're trying to do. So it's nearly, you know, someone said to me, it's like um, nearly throwing your car in for the NCT, you know? You, you don't bother getting it serviced the first time. You think it might get through. And sometimes, it, a lot of times it does actually, but you don't want to get paid for the full service. So then if it doesn't get through, you send it in and you just specifically get the one or two things fixed, you know? So look at the BAI like that as well. No insult now to the BAI. I'm not comparing them to the NCT, but you know what I mean? If you're very new, you do your best the first time round, probably knowing you won't get it, but second, take on, on board their advice the second time round and you, you probably will get it, you know? So there's no, you know, there's no specific length. It could be half an hour. As you know yourself, George, you can say an awful lot, an awful lot in half an hour. And if you want to break it up then with, with music or with, with, you know, you're going, you know, uh, going on site somewhere to interview someone, you know, to bring in a bit of variety that works, you know. Um, so the more variety like that you can put in your application, the better. And if you're... If you tell them that your broadcaster is going to be a, a community radio, the more community involvement that you add to your application, the better, you know. So you might decide, you know, to go into a local school and interview the kids. You might decide to get a group of elderly people into the studio to talk about something, you know. So the, or you might decide to get um, a few young people in the community to come and help you do it and give them a few jobs you know you get marks for these things in your application you know if you they'll say um they'll give you ex marks if you say you're going to bring in people from the community and get them involved and add to their media education in some way that'll go a long way in your application so that's something to put some thought into even trainee students in local colleges of further education who might be doing radio or journalism courses or tourism courses or whatever. If you can get a few of them in with you to help you do a Vox Pop in a shopping centre or something, you know, um, or to do a bit of research for you, that would be great. Or amateur actors might come in and, you know, do some role play for you. They're all well worth considering. That actually brings me to the next thing I was going to ask you. I'm looking at the uh, application form at the moment, and two of the things that asks you to list are key contributors. 
um, you know, include any information about that you think is relevant and indicate whether their involvement is confirmed or not. And key personnel, which could be people like a producer, director, Pensier, director of photography, that wouldn't apply on radio, but, you know, could still have recording engineers or people doing editing and so on. Uh, if you're preferring that kind of information in order to make the application, uh, how much of the work are you doing basically for free on spec in the hope of getting it? Or how little or how much work needs to be done on the project before you even know if the project is going to head? Are there to minimize it or maximize it that you would advise people to take? Yeah, well, I would say put a lot of work into your application. Now, key contributors, what, what they mean there is, you, you, okay, so you're doing, say the one the, the show I'm working on now, the eight-part series on, on education. So for each episode there, I would have got um, lecturers and teachers and practitioners in different aspects of education to come on each show. So my, there were my key contributors. So I'm... Um, for, you know, for um, for Patrick Pierce and his education, I got the, the curator from the Pierce Museum. He was my key contributor. For Montessori, I got people from a Montessori training college and school. You know, they were, you don't have to say too much about them, but you have to say, you have to let, your, you have to make it clear in your application that the, con the key contributors in each show are relevant and experienced and have something to offer, really. That's what the key contributor thing is. And then your key personnel, as you say, they'll be your, your, your for radio, your, your sound engineer, director, uh, not director, uh, producer. Um, mine are always very simple. That's all I really have. Yeah, yeah. How, how much of that do you do yourself, uh, production direction and, and so on? Well, there's no direction involved in a radio, but yeah, I do everything. I so I I am um, I'm the presenter on all the shows, and and I I'll produce them and I'll edit them. Now I have a sound a sound engineer. The, the other good thing is if you're involved in a in a, a community radio station, um, you can. You can use all their facilities. They'll have the recording studios. They'll have sound engineers who, who can help you, you know, record and 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 do the the the, the first line editing before you go in and look at the actual, um, you know, content. So um, you can add that in on your budget. You see, you can you can um, you don't have to go looking for these people. You have them already, you know. So that's very good. So for my um, just as an example, say just this time round now. So I put Near FM in for my for studio and sound engineering. I put my they they were in my budget for that, but um, it it really works out well because just this time round I had to go to a school and I had to record. We couldn't go into the studio because of COVID, so they set me up with an outside um, broadcasting kit, and they showed me how to use it. And so I could bring that into the school and I could bring kids in four at a time and, and, and do the show. And then the, the Near FM sound engineer was able to take it all and concatenate it and, and do whatever and then back to me so I could listen to it. So, you know, you're, you really need to link up with someone like that. It's really important um, to, to know you have that backup behind you as well. 
You, you said that you didn't need a director, um, but I think the BAI, the Sound Vision Fund, does also allow for some drama productions. Oh, they do. Now, because I haven't done anything like that myself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So my needs are, well, they're, they're simple enough. Um, well, maybe they're not that simple, actually. But yeah, so there's nothing to direct as such in any of my shows, you know, unless I'm directing without realising it, Jared. But I've never actually budgeted for a director or listed, you know, um, that I needed one. Um, and that was always OK. Now, also, actually, now there's something else very important that I must say. Gender. They're fierce interested in the gender breakdown. So they do at the moment want lots of women on in, 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 the, in the productions. So they always want a gender breakdown. So the more women you have the better. Um, and that's actually quite interesting because when I was, when I applied to do volunteer training in um, near FM, I remember on the first training session I was on, there was loads of men around the table and there was only two women. And the people giving the course said they just could not get women to apply as volunteer um, broadcasters in the in community radio they found it really really hard to get women and they couldn't understand why uh, I couldn't understand why either because I was sitting there and I thought that was fine but then when I actually went to do my own show uh, on on near FM the A to Z of historical blunders I had really really I, I found it very very difficult to get women to come on to the show most of my guests were men. And the funny thing was, anytime I looked for men, they almost before they knew even what I wanted, they'd say, oh, that's Grand Fairness, should we be along? Yeah, what do you want? Anything we can do for you. If I asked women, even if they had PhDs in the subject, they'd say to me, oh, no, I, but, I, I, but I'm not expert in that particular area. And they couldn't get it that I just wanted general expertise and some qualifications. So I began then to understand why maybe men and women think differently when it comes to, to, to taking part in a broadcast. Uh, and I would never have known that, but, and I don't understand that, or, and I don't know why it is, but it must be a pattern out there. And that's why they're quite interested in the gender breakdown. And they want to see a lot of female involvement. So that's something worth bearing in mind as well. They also quite like it if you're if you if you can do things in the Irish language, um, but that's not in in my um, area of expertise at all. Uh, but that is um, that's certainly advantageous if you can do that. Without giving away any trade secrets, uh, when you're budgeting, what kind of numbers or uh, are you looking at? Uh, how many? Uh, well, first off, how long does it take to produce a show? I remember there used to be a thing that sort of one one minute of audio took basically one hour of raw tape. Oh gosh! Well, there's no now. It's probably not my strong point, Gerard. And what I do is if if something works for me, um, the first time round. So what I did was before I did the dust jackets one that I'm doing now. Um, I was involved in in a collaborative. Um, radio drama that we put in 
um, and that got accepted as well. It got accepted because the people I was working with, who we, we co-wrote the play, um, Green Ember Arts, um, Alan O'Brien and Dave Blackwell, they had come up with this marvellous idea um, to do a, a radio drama called Alarm Bells, which, which is about homelessness in Ireland. And so we all wrote, a, a group of us wrote a scene each. Um, but because at that stage I was a volunteer with Near FM, um, they agreed to broadcast us. So we, we actually got the, we got that, um, I think that was Sound and Vision 34, round 34 or something. It was a, a few years ago. That's actually been broadcast now on the 14th of December. But because that was successful, even, even though it was something different, I used that application as an example to work off when I was doing the eight-part dust jacket series. And to be honest, I think I got that because of I had so much community involvement and, and I got advice on the budget. You know, someone would say to me, oh, that's too much or too little. But there's no real, what did you say, key or trade secret, because it depends on what you're doing. And Jared, you know, you if you looked at the at the um the list of people who got who got it this time round, um, which I which I didn't do. I didn't even know that list was up until you said it. And I was looking at it, and you can see the diversity or the, the um, of, of um, grants that people got. You know, some people got like what two hundred thousand. Some people got forty thousand. Some people got you know thirteen or twenty or. And then there was a lot of smaller ones. So there's no real. Um, benchmark, I suppose. I suppose the only benchmark is if you're educated enough in the media, and I probably am not yet, to know what you know what the going rates are for different um, professions within the media, like directors and producers and all. You know, um, and I, to me, it's just like hit and miss. Now, to be honest with you, um, I'm more. I'd be more, I could give people more valuable advice on the actual application and the content, and then maybe tell them to, to get someone to help them do the budget based around what they're trying to do, whether it's a three series thing or an eight part series, or, you know, depend if they have to travel or whatever, you know, get advice. You also had a bit of luck with uh, Spock Alley recently. Do you want to tell me about that? Oh, I did. I did. Thanks very much. Woohoo! I'm delighted. Um, so this is actually my third um, success. With, 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 it's it's um, the Seen and Heard Festival. I don't know if you're familiar with it. So <clears throat> it's what, what that Seen and Heard Festival is, is it, it's, um, an, it's a chance for, for people to showcase ideas that they might want to develop. So in 2016, I did a one-woman show called Unrhymed Dublin. And I, I put that in and, and they took it. So I, I, I was delighted with that. And I performed that in the boys' school in Smock Alley in 2016. The next one was um, just before lockdown. Um, I put a group of poets together. We called ourselves We Honest Troubadours. And it was a, a show called The Seven Ages, Like It or Not based on Shakespeare's, you know, as you like it, Seven Ages of Man. So what we did was, we, um, the idea was that, you know, we would have someone, you know, recite the, the Shakespeare speech and every so often we would come in with poems that, that 
that related to that age, whether it was the mewling and puking babe or the old person with sans eyes, sans teeth, sans taste, sans everything. I think we all learned that in school. So um, that, that was taken. But this time what I've done is I, I put in an application with, that's an actual play. But I'm not allowed to say anything about it yet because Smog Ali won't allow us, or sorry, the seen and heard people won't allow us to say anything about what we've done um, until I think January when they start publicising it. But I would certainly advise um, people, the listeners, if they have any ideas around, you know, creative ideas around um, performance, poetry or drama or even a bit of experimental music. I mean, they're very broad in what they're, they're, they'll take. Um, I would certainly recommend you put in an application. It, I think the applications come out around September every year. Um, seen and heard. Um, it's actually seen on the plus symbol, seen plus heard. In small and that's seen, S-C-E-N-E. S-C-E-N-E plus, hey, yeah, yeah. So um, the actual performances usually take place over um, mid from mid-February until mid-March, something February-March anyway. But again, like in a way like the BAI, what happens is if you're lucky enough to get accepted, you know, if you're lucky enough to get your show accepted into the scene and heard, what kicks in there is a, a lot of advice and support, you know? Again, it costs nothing to put in an application. Um, and then if you get accepted, all of a sudden you're involved in a load of workshops and a load of advice, free advice. So, and to be honest with you, um, putting in an application to Smog Alley is a lot easier than putting in an application to the BAI. You know, once you have your, your, your creative thing done, it doesn't even have to be complete. You know, it can be a section of it and then some ideas. So I'd highly recommend um, people to have a go and to put an application into Seen and Heard. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, you said that uh, that's happening in February, February of 2022. And details can be released in January. You also, I think, mentioned you have a program that's going out on the 14th of December. Was that the date that you said? Yes, so that's the that was the first seen and heard. Uh, or sorry, that was the first BAI Sound and Vision um, that that I got uh, in collaboration with Green Ember Arts, namely um, Dave Blackwell and um, Alan O'Brien. So um, that's actually being broadcast on Near FM ninety point three uh, at six six p.m. on the fourteenth of December. So it's very, very relevant to the homeless situation at the moment. Yeah. For people not in range of the uh, near FM transmitter who are outside Dublin and so on, uh, does it end up, uh, does it go out in a podcast or can it be downloaded anywhere? Yes, it does. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to hear the broadcast live on um, or in real time on uh oh, December 14th, you can just log in nearfm.ie. And click on listen now, listen live. Yeah. But once it's broadcast, uh, the podcast will be on the Near FM website in perpetuity. Yeah. So it's there. Yeah. Um, that was a tricky one now to, to record during lockdown. But we, we got there. Yeah. 
Bernie, thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining me. Your enthusiasm is infectious, and I'm sure that there are lots of potential ideas there that uh, other people could work on. Um, I, I note actually the uh, the next BAI uh, round is actually ongoing at the moment. It goes on until I think uh, early December. Uh, now. Uh, it is quite, as you say, there is a fair deal of work to do on the application form. So people may not be able to get an application in by then, but even if not, it is worth looking at. You never know. You might come up with some idea that you can get in an application on. And if not, there are uh, two, three rounds every year. And to keep an eye out for the next one, which will be presumably sometime in spring, early summer. Okay. Uh, Bernie Duan, thanks for joining me. Okay. The Freelance Forum is brought to you by the Dublin Freelance Branch of the National Union of Journalists and made possible by network funding from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, Sectoral Learning and Development Programme. Music is from podsummit.com, released under a Creative Commons Zero license into the public domain. I'm Jared Cunningham. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe.